Hello people, welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope everyone's doing tremendously well. It's It's been lovely to hear so many of you over the past week or so giving feedback on the previous episode with Jamie Lemon. Um, if you haven't already, then do check out the singles from his upcoming covers album, Shuffle. Uh, they are absolutely awesome. Um, I've very, very much enjoyed them. Um, once you've heard them, if you think it's as amazing as I do, why not just go ahead and pre-order his album? I like pretty much everything that Jamie's put out, and I would like for him to continue making music, so in a kind of selfish way, if you could go and support his music, that would be amazing for me. So, on to this week is an episode with a conversation featuring Barry Dolan of Oxygen Thief. Um, now, I initially came across Oxygen Thief when I was, I think, stuck in a bit of a YouTube uh, rabbit hole looking for various new new bits of music, and I came across uh, the song Terry Nutkin's Salute, and the image for this video showed uh, showed Barry wearing a Mongol Horde T-shirt, and I noticed that the uh, that Oxygen Thief had a link with Extra Mile, so I just gave it a go, and it's absolutely awesome. I would recommend it to anybody, and I think it will be two minutes and fifteen seconds, very well spent. So please do that. I've put a link for that video within the description of this episode. I met Barry in Bradford at the 1 in 12 club ahead of the gig um, that he had there. If you've never been to this venue, then I recommend that you check it out. It's a great little venue with a great ethos of unity and equality. Now, this was the first time that I met Barry. I'm pleased to say that he was a delightful guy to chat to. We cover a whole load of topics, including his introduction to music, uh, writing music to make his friends laugh, and his vast collection of t-shirts. I think pretty much that's all I'm going to give away about this episode. He, as I said, is a lovely guy. Hopefully you will enjoy listening to him. Um, please do check out his music. It's on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere that you can imagine. Give that a go. He's got some festival dates coming up. Do check him out on there. He's at 2,000 Trees, as are a lot of previous guests. It's an absolutely brilliant lineup, so do check that out as well. But this is episode 21 of the When in Yorkshire podcast with Barry Dolan, Oxygen Thief. Hello, I'm here with Barry uh, from Oxygen Thief. Hello there. Hello, how are you doing? I'm okay, yeah, we've driven down from Scotland today, so a little bit tired, a little bit croaky, but... uh, Happy to be back at the One in Twelve. I really like Excellent. It, yeah. So yeah, we're we're in Bradford at the One in Twelve Club. Um, you've played here before. Yeah, about it must have been about five years ago. Been meaning to come back, but it's just not quite worked out. So uh, yeah, really glad. Really like the uh, the vibe in this place. And yeah, absolutely. I was, I was saying when I got let in and was setting up that I don't think I've been here since two thousand and five. Okay. Um, so it, it hasn't changed in the best possible way. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't want it to, would you? No, not at all. And ah. uh, yeah, I think. I was. I only came here in 2005, probably about six or seven, maybe eight times in about three months. Um, <laughs> I seem to be playing a lot of ska punk gigs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's a great venue. So it's, yeah, good yeah. To, good to add it to your tour, man. Yeah, the whole ethos of it as well, and you know, everywhere is very clear. It's yeah, know, it wears its you know, um, no bigotry, you know, no yeah. racism, no homophobia, no transphobia. Um, it's just there and in big bold letters so absolutely yeah. you can't you can't miss it i mean there's all around us there's kind of there's stickers there's anti-fascist stickers there's you know it's 
it's so supportive in pretty much every way possible. It's yeah. um, very homely as well. Definitely. Which yeah. is ace. And yeah, the, the part that you're playing in tonight um, is, is a library. Yeah. Um, it looks ace. So. It is. Yeah, that's where, we, where I played last time I played. Right. Um, so yeah, they have the sort of venue room as well, but yes. um, for acoustic stuff, even though we're doing it, you know, we're louder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really nice little space. So. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. And so uh, what I like to talk to people um, about on this podcast is to try and get an understanding of how you've got to where you are um, and some of your influences, whether they be things that you've chosen um, or also what's kind of been imposed on you and ingrained potentially in, in your musical and, and general artistic life. Okay. So I, kinda, I quite like to start off with, um, what would you have a, an early memory of like the first exposure to music that you had? potentially like car music when you're in the car with with family and such yeah uh my family weren't really sort of big music fans it was mm-hmm. always something that was on in the background and it was on it, it was on the radio and my mum would have like a Gloria Estefan tape and a tape of like um Michael Crawford singing right. all the <laughs> yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber songs and this kind of 60s yeah. compilation CD of oh, CD tape um but it wasn't until um the first sort of time I was consciously aware of music as a thing that I liked as opposed to it, just a thing that existed. Yeah. Uh, my mum gave me a load of, of C90 cassettes uh, to tape stuff off the radio that I liked. Yeah. Uh, and I decided I was going to listen to some of them first. Uh, and one of them was Queen's Greatest Hits. And I listened to that and I was like, well, I'm not taping over this. Yeah. This is amazing. That's, I can't believe she even suggested it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, you know, it was just a, a copied version of it and there right, were Madonna yeah. tapes and Elton John and all sorts of stuff. I think the other side of the cassette was, I think it was Michael Jackson off the wall, um, which I, I hardly, I don't think I listened to more than once. Um, I was just like, right. right. Listen to the Queen thing and yeah, yeah. rewind <laughs> it, listen to it again. Um, so that was, yeah, that was where it started. Uh, and I found my dad had bought a guitar sort of as a joke with, with <laughs> it, between his workmates, they kind of dared him to, to pick That's up That's a hardcore guitar. dare. Yeah, it's it was like, like <laughs> he saw this guitar um, advertised on the work notice board and um, he sort of made a comment like, oh, you know, that would be good to learn guitar. And his mates were like, oh, you'll never do it. And he stubbornly just said, yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, and picked it up and then never did anything with yeah, it. Yeah, classic. And I found it in the attic when I was like, eight years old or something. And I was like, oh, what's that? And he said, oh, well, well you know, Nothing for now, you know, have yeah. a look when you're older. And I kind of always remembered that there was a thing there. Yeah. And so, you know, a few years later, when I was like 10 or 11, like, what's what's that thing that I had to wait for? And um, yeah, so got it out and had a go at it. And obviously, I didn't know how to play and I had, yeah. it hadn't been tuned ever. So it's just the most horrible thing. Absolutely. But um, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to I wanna learn how to do this. Awesome. So yeah, that, those two things it was just kind of what started it all. Yeah, nice. Very good. That, that's, that's a hell of an introduction, Queen as a kind of first I don't know there's a lot of complex stuff in there to to sort of process and and identify that's a, that seems like a big project for yeah, new to kind of music I think it's just it sort of sounded like it, it was just the big sounding things and it's I I know I'd heard some of the songs before because they yeah. just get used big on hits. adverts or you know like remember the bicycle race being on the background of you've been framed when I was a kid you know <laughs> and and so like I, I really yeah. remember that uh and so yeah just I, th- I think that was just it just sounded amazing so it just sounded brilliant and it was all very entertaining and yeah. operatic and huge and um yeah I, I just thought this is brilliant and I want to listen to this all the time and, um, excellent and that's, that's kind of all I listened to for about four or five years <laughs> 
<laughs> That's brilliant. Have anything else. I'm like this. Just this tape. Just this one yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you still listen to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. You yeah. Know, but um, There's a lot to listen to. There is, yeah. <laughs> but every now and again, I'll come back to it. And I, I was doing a thing... Um, over the last year or so, um, I was working in an office that was was quite sort of isolated, just head down, get on with stuff. Yeah. And um, you, um, uh, I thought, right, I'm, I've got time to kill, so I'm just going to listen to an entire discography uh, of various bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Queen were probably the first one I did that with because I've listened to them on and off, you know, since I was 10 years old, 11 years old. Um, but I think it was sort of a different thing to, to do when um, I was like, like since I've been a musician, yeah, okay. So you've thing. got more more of an analytical mind on it. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that I wouldn't have, you know, probably hadn't noticed before. There's a lot of stuff to sort of take in. Yeah. So uh, it was really interesting to listen to it with sort of that bit of your brain in and think, how on earth could they have done any of those things without computers? Yeah. And, you know, it's all just tape, and it's it's ridiculous. I just don't. Un- uh, absolutely. Know, it's, it's completely mind blowing. So. Uh, yeah, so I, I do come back to them every now and again and, and just listen. And, and then, uh, obviously, recently with the Bohemian Rhapsody film coming out, uh, I, I sort of went back and was like, I didn't go and see it because I felt like they mean too much to me to sort of watch this. Yeah, okay. See make, somebody else's point of yeah, view. Yeah, so, uh, but also that kind of uh, attitude of being like, jealous and be like no they're my band i like them and you sort of see i mean they're one <laughs> of the biggest bands queen. ever yeah but you know you sort of hear them being um sort of played all the time and the posters everywhere and like yeah. people that have never i mean i used to get the mick taken out of me when i was a kid because i liked i liked queen and that's you know i don't know what anybody else was ever listening to but that was there's me and my freddie mercury t-shirt yeah and dot martin boots and um the other kids were like oh you're weird um <laughs> And then those same people, you know, you see on Facebook, you're still yeah. friends with the people now. Oh, I love Queen. The film was amazing. Like, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you weren't there in the beginning. No, you weren't there in <laughs> yeah. the beginning, like about four years after he died. But yeah. still, uh, it, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, they, they, they're still like really important to me, I think. Uh, absolutely. And you know, as, as I've been doing this podcast, there's that Queen have come up. Um, I think it's probably the fourth or fifth time that okay. Queen have come up as this sort of, a key point in people's musical introductions. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the time it was the, the main concert. Okay. Um, so bef- the, the, the Live Aid and then also the, the tribute concert, mm. that both of those were kind of key things. So it's interesting how, yeah. how often Queen come up. Yeah, it's just, you know, one of, like, literally the greatest frontman that's ever existed and just a range of music that spans just, you know, kind of early kind of heavy metal and then yeah. sort of mad opera things and... It's one of those things when I, when you look back now, and I don't know how it was potentially perceived at the time, but it's like genres weren't really a thing. Yeah. Whereas now people seem to do seem to get pigeonholed and kind of stuck in their own genre. And if they change or or go elsewhere, it's they're kind of chastised and yeah. and absolutely berated for it. Whereas it, it was not even considered. It no. looks it seems that way anyway. Yeah, like Bowie and. Led Zeppelin and yeah. I suppose even the Beatles really yeah um, absolutely yeah. all had their kind of experimental and tried different things and yeah uh, yeah I suppose there was so much to try then whereas now it's kind of mostly been done <laughs> so yeah, you're, yeah you know you're sort of retreading ground and trying to find different I don't know combinations or whatever people are doing Just trying to make it your own I guess yeah yeah, yeah. cool um, so can you remember like your first introduction to live music then your first gig no matter how small. Uh, 
probably the first thing I ever saw my cousins, like my godfather's two sons were about, I don't know, eight or nine years older than me, something like that. And uh, they were in a, a heavy metal band, um, which at the time I thought was the greatest thing that I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, and they were they were really great. They were really cool. Um, so I'd go along there with, um, when I was sort of 13, 14 with my dad and my, my godfather. Um, yeah, a man who, the two most influential things he's given me in life are, um, yeah, beer and <laughs> and heavy rock music. It's like Excellent. zero uh, teachings in the ways of the Lord. Just <laughs> rock and roll and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and beer. Um, Arguably, which, the way it should be. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's been quite important in my uh, in my in my growing up. So uh, he, he, Uncle Brian's done a good job. Excellent. So that's probably the first thing I saw. Uh, and then uh, there was a, a free community festival in Bristol um, back in the day, and I went to that for the first time in 1998. Uh, and I saw Porter's Head uh, and a band called Carrie, who um, were around for five minutes and released right. an album and split up, but is one of my favourite albums of all time. Uh, and a few other, like, local bands as well and yeah, different yeah. things. Um, mm. But that was yeah, just to go as this free thing as a teenager. Um, and then the first proper, proper gig I went to, I think, was uh, Manic Street Preachers in Cardiff Arena with Catatonia supporting. Oh, um, very well. This is my tr- truth. Tell me yours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, good album. Era. So, uh, yeah, that was got the train with a few mates and went there and was just, yeah, just blown away by that, really. Yeah, that, that was a big sounding album as well. Mm. There was a lot going on for them there. Yeah, and to just, you know, to have been in a couple of little pubs and then a, a field. An arena. And then <laughs> yeah. this massive arena. It's, it's um, it, yeah, it was pretty special. It's quite a jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think my... Play with my first proper gigs that I saw. I think potentially maybe like Cooler Shaker or something in uh, in Middlesbrough Town Hall, and then straight to Glastonbury. Oh wow! Um, otherwise, it had been pub gigs, friends, and playing gigs mm. myself in little tiny pubs. Um, but yeah, Glastonbury was kind of was definitely I think my second or third main main gig ever, and that was uh, sixteen, and that was a, a hell of an eye opener. That's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, in terms of your own playing, how did how did you? I mean, you obviously had that memory of the thing in the attic, mm. um, and when you were eventually allowed to play it all detuned and such, how did that progress to to kind of playing it properly? Yeah, I I joined like my school had a guitar club that you go to every lunch, uh, once a week at lunchtime, and that was when I was I think you know. Uh, 11 like the first yeah. year of, of secondary school uh and we got taught three chords and then we basically just just sort of 30 kids in a room and we just played that those three chords over and over again and then i think we sort of played as like the backing accompaniment to something at the school christmas yeah, concert yeah. or whatever and then at the end of the year i thought yeah, it's probably hopefully we'll learn some new stuff next year and then there were a bunch of new kids started <laughs> and they, they didn't know how to play again. so yeah so i, I spent like, two and a half years just playing the same three chords um, which I think was probably quite a good. Uh, you nailed those chords, y- yeah, like, surely. Yeah. G, C, and A. Was done. Just, just done. Um, That's most songs, pretty much. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that you know they just kind of obviously showed my family that I was serious about doing it. So they <laughs> yeah. got me some lessons. Uh, I was I was really lucky to be taught by um, a, a guy who was a blues guitarist. So it was none of, no sc- scales or yeah. um, the levels, grades, or any of that kind of stuff. It was just. Uh, here's what I like playing. I play this because it sounds good. Yeah, you should play the things that sound good to you. Uh, and 
yeah, so that uh, I did that for a few years, and that kind of um, it's just sort of how I've carried on. Really, I've just I play things because I think they sound good, as opposed yeah. to because they are the right thing to play. Or, or um, yeah, and that's that's an interesting point. I think is there a right thing to play? I mean, potentially theoretically and in the theory land of yeah. music there's probably a right way to do things but is that that's probably for me personally that's not where the best music comes from no but i, th- I think there's definitely yeah it's, it's not like following a formula maybe but it's there are kind of tried and tested sort of techniques and rules and you know key things and yeah, chord yeah. progressions or whatever um but yeah i i kind of like to just harness that ignorance of not not having ever learned properly um, the guys that I play with in, in the full band version of Oxygen Thief, they both went to university and studied music to quite yeah. a high level. They play loads of different instruments. Uh, and so when I play whatever nonsense I've decided I want to play, <laughs> and, they, and they work it out and then they kind of chart it out so that they're able to sort of learn it and remember it. And, things. Yeah. Um, and then they show me what I've, I've done. And you know, on occasion, they, they like to tell me that it would have been clever if I'd done it on purpose. <laughs> Whereas, because I haven't, stumbled I've just stumbled across yeah. this thing that is a kind of a, oh yeah, this this thing resolves and it does this timing and this key thing and they change and overlap in a way that blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm just hearing noise. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then, so is that a good thing? Like, well, yeah, it kind of is. Um, but then, yeah, it's uh, the joy of music for me is that kind of unexpectedness when, yeah. when it's surprising. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's what I like listening to the most, is stuff where you it doesn't always go where you expect it to. Absolutely. Uh, and then that's kind of what I like playing as well. Really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've heard a few people, I think probably, it was, I think I think James Hetfield, well, you know when Metallica did their big orchestra mm. and that similar sort of thing, where you know songs they wrote when they were seventeen, and then then they've got an orchestra playing them, and they're going, "This this time signature is is, is amazing," and you're you're throwing beats off all over that, and the, the cadences that you've got going on here, they're like, "Yeah, I mean, it just it looked cool." Yeah, <laughs> when, exactly. when, we, when we wrote it, it, lo- it looked cool quite and a, sounded quite good. Quite a <laughs> lot of the riffs that I write are sort of stick in if when I've been playing them, uh, it makes me laugh. <laughs> so it, it's kind of the su- brilliant. it's a sort of re- a, a surprise response I think and so you do a thing it's like it'd be really funny if this happened now yeah. uh, and then you do that and it is um, and I know a couple of other musician friends that that's kind of one of their favourite things is that, you know so my aim is to kind of make my friend Gareth and my friend Ryan laugh with something that, that yeah. I've done uh, and when I you know if I've achieved that then that's kind of good the song thing yeah song is finished so, great <laughs> will anyone else like it don't care no. I'm enjoying playing it I've made those two guys laugh yeah um, uh, but yeah it's it, it, there's, it it's just really kind of fun to do really yeah and, and it comes across it comes across um, in the music I think there's a the thing that probably made me made me keep listening because I stumbled across you whilst I think I was trying to find some live Mongol horde. Okay. Um, probably just just over a year ago, um, and then you popped up and you had a Mongol horde T-shirt on. Mm. I think, um, and I was just like, okay, let's let's give this a go. And the energy is insane. Um, and it, it and that it was it was full band. Yeah. What I heard, um, and then it swiftly went on to a lot of acoustic stuff. Um, at, which is played exactly as if you were playing it with yeah, a full band, but absolutely. on an acoustic. Yep. 
And I was just like, fucking hell, this is great. <laughs> this is amazing. Because you hear so many times where people, and I imagine it's potentially the other way around that you write stuff for yourself and yeah. then 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 move it into full band rather than it be full band. And let's let's tone this down for acoustic. Exactly. Um, and yeah, it, it was great. It was great to hear. And the energy is just is fantastic. And it, it always sounds like, regardless of whether it's full band or acoustic, they'll want to jump around a bit. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I, I my favourite kind of music is the kind of music that when when you hear it you can kind of imagine someone has basically just played it in their room yeah, uh, and just gone this is fun uh, and then carried on you know and that's made it in through to the final thing yeah um, yeah life's kind of too short to be playing things that you're not interested in no absolutely for me personally but, um, but also there's not there's not a huge difference like every every pretty much everyone I can think of everyone, everything that I've listened to that's acoustic I can hear as a full band right just think, yeah, that's ready. That's yeah. ready for a full band. I can hear how that would be all distorted and nasty. Um, and it, it's not a chilled out kind of lounge version, I guess. That no. doesn't seem to exist. And I, I do, I really like that. I don't miss that. No, that's, yeah, I, I think I, you, you kind of grow up and you hear sort of the Mannix or Radiohead or Placebo or whatever, just they do their, their kind of chilled out versions. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I, I mean, I was in bands before I started doing it on my own and then it was just, complicated and you know logistics and people yeah. quit and you fall out and stuff and then I just thought well I can I can just play it on my own and I remember hearing some you know there's a quote I don't know who the quote is but somebody t- talking about how you know a, a great song or whatever should be able to be played just on an acoustic guitar mm. um, and thinking about that and how kind of metal came from blues which is a sort of an acoustic thing as well yeah I just thought well you know there must be a a way of just doing that and so there's sort of little bits of uh you know open strings and little sort of extra bits and flourishes and stuff that you do absolutely um, you like the high harmonics yeah i love harmonics. Yeah. harmonics and the uh the kind of muted i mean i don't even know what the term is you know when you're not actually playing a chord you yeah, yeah. the muted rhythm <laughs> thing um which have entirely stolen from the wild hearts um is, yes they do love them yeah and, yeah. and me too like they're one of my favorite bands yeah they uh, are great and um, it's good to see them back yeah it's incredible i went to see them a couple of weeks ago uh and i'm seeing ginger uh on saturday night at camden rocks oh amazing yeah, yeah playing this weekend um so uh yeah that's they've just been a constant since i was about 17 or something as well so um yeah that's um that's just just the thing that's, that's just there you know it's, it's yeah it's kind of absorbed all those kind of different influences of bands i like and then just kind of thrash them out yeah, reg- yeah, yeah, just, just throw them up. Yeah, just, yeah. just see how it comes out again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. So, I mean, when I've listened to it, obviously, I, it influences potential potential influences. I should mm. say, sort of jump out. Um, and it's, it's interesting that you're on Extra Mile, um, who have quickly become probably my favourite label. Inadvertently, I've realised. Um, I seem to like everybody that's that's on their label. Yeah, they're great. And uh, yeah, and, and everybody who works with them says they're really nice, which adds to that. So that's that's good. Totally. totally. Um, but yeah, the, so there's there's potential of the Ruben kind of stuff stands out, and I don't. I think that's more just that you use a lot of interesting rhythms, mm. which Ruben did um, a lot. Um, then there's the kind of the Million Dead esque, and I think it's more the the fact that there's a lot of there's a lot of melody. But a lot of high energy vocals as well, which are very clear 
And yeah. I think that's kind of one of the things that stood out for me with Million Dead. Um, and those two kind of combined. But now you're saying Wild Hearts, I can hear, yeah, I can now hear a it's lot of... Totally, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Ruben thing is, is, is funny. I mean, it, it does kind of, uh, it's become a slight running theme uh, right. of getting comparisons. Um, because, uh, yeah, people always say it and we're in the extra mile and it's great. I loved them. Yeah. Uh, but I got into them because somebody told me that I sounded like... The singer oh Ruben. really yeah like and i yeah and i was like um, all right fine and this was before their second album came out um and a couple more people said that as i played gigs and i hadn't <laughs> heard it and i thought okay well i'll listen Should to probably it probably have a listen uh, and i liked it but i thought oh, i don't sound anything like that um but i'm i'm obviously wrong yeah, no, it, it, it always comes through i think it's more the the sort of the, the juxtaposition of the the melodies and the rhythms that you that you sing yeah, yeah. and the guitar um, and that they kind of had a lot of interesting stuff, and there's not many people that have that interesting sort of dissonance, mm. but also make it very melodic. And yeah. I think that's probably what, what I, comes out. Definitely, and yeah, I, I always feel like I get really defensive when people <laughs> do that. But, um, and I, you know, it's, it's always like, it's always positive to be, you know, it's great to be compared to a band that people love. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, and um, I'm a massive fan of yeah. Ruben. So. Uh, I, my theory is that uh, me and Jamie Lennon, we're both about the same age. Uh, my theory is that we both loved Silverchair when we were 17. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I should ask him about it one day. I was like, how much, how much did you like Silverchair? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and the same with Million Dead and Frank, like we're, we're all from the south, left yeah. from the southeast and the southwest, but I don't have a super Bristolian accent. I don't. No, think. no, you can, there's um, there's twangs, it's but, little, it's not, yeah, but it's not. It's not overt there. It's not not super strong, but um, and the enunciation is very important. I love the Manic Street Preachers. They were one of my sort of formative bands as yeah. well. As I said, first proper gig, and um, and just how important the words are to them, and yeah. how I mean, his, he pronounces things slightly weird sometimes, but they're very clear even when they sound a bit odd. He's yeah. Like, he says, I paid a BL instead of a bill. <laughs> Roses in the hospital. And you're like, what, what is that? But, um, the BL. Fact, yeah, I paid a BL. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but it, it, the fact that lyrics to me, for, for that band, the lyrics were everything. Yeah. And the music was also amazing, but, and the lyrics kind of came first a lot of time. Yeah, certainly. And so, yeah, when I, I started doing things, I just, I, I feel that they're really important and I want to, I want people to be able to hear what they are. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that kind of trying to be really clear with everything yeah. is, is what kind of came forward and not, uh, not sounding American, which is kind of a lot of, and when I was younger, I've got like demos from the first band I was in and it's this kind of like half, Brian Moko wannabes sort of but octave down maybe it's <laughs> definitely been it was there. really <laughs> like oh no I, I shouldn't do this um, <laughs> so I think that kind of like let's sing in a an actual like that sing in the accent that I speak in is, yeah it's is probably what I share with those guys yeah um, absolutely and, pro- and everybody on Extra Mile there seems to be a real and, and I don't mean this I mean there's, there's other bands that I like where people clearly aren't singing in their accent but they have, there has to be a level of sincerity to it. And yeah, it yeah. Ta- it's difficult to pull off for me to like it, I okay. think. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's, taste, a, there's a few people that can do it. Um, yeah. Sean McGowan's got a really, um, you know, really broad accent. And he's, you know, he, how he comes across in his songs is exactly like having a conversation with him. Yeah. Christy T always was yeah, as yeah. well. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, I've not really thought about that, about the label. But, um, 
yeah, it, it's one of those, it's quite a strong... And the lyrics are off. The, I, I can't think of a band where the lyrics aren't massively, massively just out at the front. Yeah. There's, there's no sort of, oh, we'll just, we'll just pull these down in the mix. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. There's a lot of stories and a lot of messages, and I think that's probably what appeals. Definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, like Chris and, and his politics were always yeah. first and foremost, and that was really influential when I started playing with him. And just you know, getting the the confidence to be able to just sort of do that and feel like I've, I you know, I'm old and ugly enough to to be able to stand <laughs> up and say like, actually no, I I've learned about these things or I believe in these things, yeah. and and so I I can, you know, sort of actually confidently start, um, you know, voice your opinion, yeah, and, yeah. and and sort of picking the world apart a little bit, and especially what we've had the last few years. Yeah, our, our last album is really kind of focused on that, um, um because. It just felt like making an album where you're sort of complaining about things in your own life just seemed pointless, you know, because yeah. everything's on fire. <laughs> um, so, yeah, having spent time with those people, I think it's really kind of yeah helped in, in, in that kind of influential. Yeah, just give you that confidence. I yeah, guess, yeah, just, yeah. Because before I just thought, oh, no one, I don't know anything. I'm just an idiot. Like no one knows. I don't know more than other people or that kind of thing. But I feel these things quite passionately. But I don't want to sort of preach or whatever. Yeah. But then when you're in, I, I think I read something about how it's not really enough in this, you know, in situations like we're in at the moment to to just be not racist or not sexist or not homophobic. You have to be anti homophobia and anti yeah. uh, racism in a in a in a positive way. Um, because you know, as a white middle ish class guy that you have a lot of unearned privileges that Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, that it's once you're kind of made aware of them it, it, you just sort of think There's a, a level of guilt that washes over which is well, not really enough. <laughs> yeah, and and sort of to trying to turn that guilt feeling that you get at first into a positive a sense of duty and a sense of solidarity and being able to do a positive thing and it's not just about going oh I'm sorry that I was born in this place and yeah. to these people but actually saying right you know I know that those things are going on and they're and acknowledging them and uh, and trying to do something about it um, in whatever small way you can really even if it's just being you know um, a part of a number of voices that are doing that. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm not going to change the world on my own because <laughs> I, I, I have to be kind of a bit of an egomaniac to think that I could. But it's just, you know... I, I, that's Sharing a message, I guess. Yeah, You're, You've yeah. got a platform. Joining so. in. Yeah, no, everyone, I feel it's just kind of a duty to to try and be, be do something positive rather yeah. than just moaning about feelings. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, mean, I yeah, do have yeah. a project where I generally moan about feelings, but um, <laughs> but or, you know that's a sort of side thing. So you know, you've got to have time for both. Yeah, you've got to. And they, even the politics has started seeping into that as well a little bit. So because it's just a that is the world we're living in. Ninety percent of what is, I mean, everything is politics anyway. But um, just it's just everything that it seems to be going on. It consumes everything at the moment. Um, Absolutely, it's it's such an uncertain time that I guess. Just having the conversations and asking questions and finding other people's points of view, no matter how different they are, or you know, or finding common ground with people, yeah. I think is massively important. But just having the conversations, and also being, uh, I think because of the echo chamber things, but also 
like having slightly awkward conversations and even if you're not having a, an argument or a, a proper discussion and trying to change people's minds or anything it's just so that other people are aware of what your opinion is mm. so that they because you know i know some people of my parents generation that um are, are very blinkered um and i'm quite lucky that my parents are both quite liberal um and very encouraging and sort of with individual um they kind of encourage me to be an individual in all ways, yeah. not to follow the the herd of, of things. Um, but you know, some of the people they know are not quite so liberal minded, and just to just to sort of say to them, well, no, I don't actually agree with you there. Even if it doesn't go any further than that, yeah, they they think that everyone thinks like them, apart from whatever these woolly London elites. Yeah, are. <laughs> okay. Uh, and just bringing it home a bit more. Yeah, it's just no, like people I've, that I've, you know yeah, don't agree. Like, I've known you, you know, since I was a little kid, and. I don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they don't, you know, people don't see that. And obviously we don't see that either because we kind of live in our own bubbles. But I mean, no, absolutely. sometimes it's it's just good for your sanity to not actually follow a load of, of right wing people on Twitter. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And I, and I think that's kind of one of the things that I've, you know, I certainly become stuck in that bubble of, well, no. I don't see how anybody can agree with what's going on at the moment. And certainly n- I've seen no evidence that people, oh, no, no, I'm just stuck in, in yeah. a little bubble of people who think like me. Yeah. And I should probably just venture out there and, and find some people who disagree to but, try and get some understanding of what the hell's going on. But the, Yeah, but the, the problem is, is that I think, and with all the whole stuff that's been going on recently about the milkshaking and, you know, yeah. and the sort of getting people shut down off of social media, and it's like... People are saying, "Oh no, don't resor- go down to their level. Don't resort to it. We should have debates." And it's these people don't debates don't work for a lot of these people because they they just lie <laughs> and they lie to get what they want, which is to drum up hatred and fear and yeah. and and so it's kind of you they can't be debated because all that does is give, give them a voice where other people who might have previously just quietly been a little bit bigoted but not said it out loud because they know you're not supposed to yeah um they they're now emboldened to to just shout at people on trains or whatever and so yeah it's 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 very difficult to know what the right thing is but obviously not just assuming that everyone who disagrees with you is evil and stupid yeah. is probably a good start absolutely um, but then yeah it's it's just it's just layers and it's just so complicated um but um I mean, that said, milkshake them. That's chug milkshakes that Nigel Farage and uh, yeah. Tommy Robinson. That's um, that is the new thing. It's just yeah, let's do it. And I I, <laughs> I pronounced the name Farage on purpose because yeah. if he wants you know it to be pronounced in a European way, then he can stop. Yeah. The irony of him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think the first time I ever heard of him, he was on. I think he. I think it was. I think it was Have I Got News For You and Ian Hislop refused to pronounce his name Farage oh, right. and called him Faragy oh. for the whole thing <laughs> and this must have been about seven, eight years ago brilliant just refused it but that, that was great and long may that continue totally um, so you did mention something earlier that I would like to, to bring up um, t-shirts yes so um, Badge of Dishonour mm-hmm. I, I must have watched it a lot of times, <laughs> partly for the T-shirts, okay, yeah, just yeah. to just try and spot them. And I have made a list of a few interesting ones, okay, ones that I particularly like. 
Um, so it starts off with three colours red, which is a great start. Yeah, I did them all alphabetically as well. So uh, oh, those okay. like, yeah, well, yeah, okay. of course. Hold Num- numbers come up at the beginning of yes. that. Yes. Um, yeah, Chris McCormack uh, is the main booker for the Camden Rocks Festival. Right, um, oh, I didn't know that. No, I, I didn't until I got the, f- the first email from him uh, a few years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just after that video came out. So I was like, oh, wow, I love your band. Yeah. <laughs> and look, this video begins and ends with your T-shirt. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I designed that one, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's one of many things that the teenage me would be have his mind blown that... Absolutely. Like, I've, I've had conversations with Chris McCormack from yeah. Colors Red. Absolutely, and yeah, I remember I got into them pretty late through a friend, and I remember seeing them at the Charlotte in Leicester. I think was it? I think when Repeat to Fade came oh, out, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, it was a great gig. It was a tiny, tiny, well, not tiny, but it's probably like two hundred capacity venue. Yeah. No, no barrier, and so you're up against the stage, and most of the sound that I was getting was from the wedges. Um, and yeah, it's, again, such passion. I, th- I absolutely loved them. Yeah, absolutely yeah. great. Um, then K. Yes. That, I haven't seen a K t-shirt, I don't think, since I saw K. No, that was actually my wife's t-shirt that she used to uh, wear baggy, like, it's like, I think it's a medium, and I, so she used to wear baggier t-shirts than yeah. she does these days, and I used to be thinner. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I popped that one on, and I, just, I sort of claimed that from her. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, it doesn't fit at the moment. I need, to, <laughs> right. uh, I need to do something about that at some point, because it's a great t-shirt. It is. They were great bands, and yeah. Mass, I think I don't want to say underrated at the time they did well I remember seeing them on mm. the main stage at, the Redding, uh, yeah it was either Redden or Leeds I don't remember which year that was um, I saw them at the cockpit here uh, in Leeds when okay. that was when that was on um, and I think the first time I saw them they were supporting I'm gonna say My Vitriol um, yeah I think they, they I think it was either My Vitriol it might have been Feeder was one it? of the two Definitely feeder, actually. No, yeah. I, I saw them. Yeah, now you say that. I saw ninety nine. I think it was Nine. the Anson Rooms in Bristol, something like ninety nine. Yeah, around the time yesterday went to. Yes, that tour. Uh, and yeah, K opened for that. Yes, uh, I saw that. I remember the guy I was in a band with at school hated them. Hated them. <sighs> oh, no, just because they were so raw and so noisy, and he was like a proper um, sort of technical guy. Yeah, into music, and I just this is great. It's that just, was. And mate, they were they, yeah. they, they, there was nothing around in that time for me that just had that level of rawness, yeah. and it, it was so grunge and punk yeah. and and dirty and great. I just yeah loved everything about them, and yeah, yeah that album's really special. Yeah, I think there's I've, I haven't listened to it for a while, but there's like a, a collection of stuff that would have been their second album had right. they come out. There's the you can get the MP3 from somewhere. Oh wow, I'm gonna have a look for that. Excellent. Yeah. That'll be. I'd, I'd love to hear it. That was nature create freak creates yeah. freaks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was an amazing album. Um, and then my vitriol, another yeah. one. I've lo- I had two my vitriol T-shirts, and I've lost them. And your video made me very okay. upset, but also very happy that. But it's out there somewhere. Yeah, I've had a couple of those. Yeah, <laughs> they were absolutely great, and they keep teasing coming back. And yeah, they I played hope at they two thousand trees last year, I think. Yeah, and I've seen them on tour. Um, yeah, they they keep they they pop they've been releasing out. an album for about ten years. Yeah, they did a pledge thing, which was supposed to be an album, but then it was a collection of other songs that yeah. wasn't an album, but it was something. But um, yeah, they they just pop up every now and again, and I just sing as loud as I can. And yeah, I love them. I think they they were they were great. Yeah, uh, Monine. 
Mm. Another another great another great band, um, and I'd love to see them again. I'd love for them to come back. Yeah, I've got uh, I've, I've got the hoodie I've got with me on tour is a Monine one that I bought in some tiny gig in Yorkville, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, they were awesome. It they were like a, an old band of mine played with them in York, and they were the nicest guys. Mm. Um, it was is the day Michael is the night Michael Jackson died. Okay, because they were getting information from their guitar tech, right? And he was like, I, I don't know if I want to say this because I don't know if you're shitting me. And people are going to be very upset if, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I say this and it's not real. And so just literally throughout the gig, it was, he's in hospital, he's very ill, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird one, but that was a, an interesting night. Um, and then, is there one for the parish? Have you got a t-shirt yeah, for the parish yeah, venue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, played there a few times. Yeah, and, great um, venue. Was there, like I rode for my friend's band, uh, Left Side Brain, at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, I remember that. And uh, yeah, went, went there and uh, had a really boozy night and... Yeah. Um, yeah, the guy who runs out Mikey's. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah, Mr. Shiraz. Yeah, yeah, yeah what a band. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was good. I, 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 could, I could never pause it at the right time. I was like, <laughs> that looks like the parish logo. Um, yeah. So yeah, if, if people haven't been to the parish, it's a great venue. They have a lot of great beers on tap. They regularly yeah. have Trooper on tap. Um, and that makes me very happy. Yeah. And the food is also amazing. It's great. And loads of really great gigs as well. Yeah. Everybody seems, I think, I don't know whether it's Mikey that attracts them, or, but everybody seems to go there. He's got a great relationship with loads yeah, of big he had, bands. He had the Bronx on there. A yeah, a couple of times. Of times. Mar- he's had the Mariachi El Bronx yeah. and the Bronx. Um, Suburban Legends played okay. there. Um, yeah, he's, he's had some huge, huge gigs there. Yeah, I love it there. So yeah, little plug for them, and then obviously lots of extra mile yes, uh, friends, artists, and and the logo and as the well logo itself. One, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's I, I love that video, and I will put a link to it because I think it's it's well worth a watch for yeah. the entertainment value, and the music's great as well. And it took fucking ages to make. <laughs> yeah, I bet it, did. it was like eight hours of taking <laughs> photos, uh, and then which yeah, my my wife quite uh, graciously helped me with. But towards the end, it was like, are we, do, we, do we really need to take a photo where you, you know, five photos so you can turn around and show everybody what's on the back? It's like, yes, yes. I do. Um, and then it took about four hours to edit together as well. So That's, that's pretty quick. Like, I would um, have put more time on that. But probably, Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I did it all on my, my computer. And um, yeah, I just, I kind of really like that lyric video sort of thing where you yeah. sort of have stuff, but didn't want it to just be the words and um kind of shooting stuff is just you know it's sort of long-winded and so yeah I, I kind of thought I'll just put on every single t-shirt I have uh, in a variety of interesting ways yeah um and yeah especially the, the ones where there's I've got like five by the same yeah a lot of thrice and, which is yeah. great a lot of finch yeah yeah so a lot of those are just no wild hearts uh no I don't think they were doing a lot in those that those, those sort of intervening years yeah um so, uh, no, I don't think I had any a t-shirt of theirs at that point. Otherwise, I had a beanie hat of theirs, but I'm not sure <laughs> I made it into the video. I think I, that was like buried in the, the attic with yeah. all the winter clothes and scarves and gloves and stuff. Um, but there's the Silver Ginger 5 one in there. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, there. yeah. 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 That, well, we'll give that. That can and count. the jellies as well, I think. Yeah, the jellies. So, yeah, I know kind of linked with the three colours red and... Uh, yeah. And the the, yeah, it's CJ from the Wild Yeah, yeah. Uh, and their drummer was Steedy, who's probably the f- on the first Wild Arts album. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some absolutely great, great bands. And that kind of can be a real insight. Again, more potential influences and yeah. trying to spot stuff. So it's become a bit of a game now for me to try and identify bits of those bands in different songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. it's, it's all in there. I don't, I don't really feel like... Uh, 
we're, we, we, I are a kind of band that I particularly like just, you know, we're not like a punk band or a no. metal band or a grunge band or something. It's like, you know, alternative rock, I suppose, as like a, a, a wide, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a wide net, but um, anything, you know, Thrice a big influence. I'd learned a lot from listening to them when I was younger. Um, the Wild Hearts Therapy. Yeah. I really love therapy. Um, and then like the Manics and Radiohead and, um, like that's a lot of the indie, sort of more indie stuff from back then. I was a massive pulp fan. Yeah, okay. And, and you know, lyrically they were, were all just wrapped in stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, just just all anything that sounds like someone really loves playing what they, you know, it's all it, about it, the passion. Then. It, yeah, it's that yeah. like what they because um, I never used to be into like singer-songwriter stuff yeah. before I started playing on my own and, and meeting because when I was younger I just thought it was James Blunt and David Gray and <laughs> right. I, you know they, they were the Ed Sheerans of their day and I had yeah. they didn't speak to me at all um, and then I sort of came across One Line Drawing Jonah Matranga and his stuff and um, yeah met Ben Marwood and Jim Lockie and Christy T and Frank Turner Beans on Toast and just you know just realised like, oh there are there are good ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are people that are doing it in this kind of DIY way and being really honest and inventive and truthful and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was really interesting. So that, that sort of grew as well. Excellent. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Oh, you too, Thank you very much for your time. Um, what's coming up next? So uh, Camden Rocks. Camden Rocks this weekend, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm on a tour at the moment with uh, a guy called B-Sides, which will obviously, by the time you put this out, will be yeah. long, long finished. But he's a fantastic songwriter. Um, he's a, a fellow acoustic musician that doesn't just play chords and sing. In, yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's not a traditional singer-songwriter. Similarly, I'm not. Um, so yeah, he, you should check, people should check his stuff out. B hyphen S Y D E S. I'll put um, a link. Yes, please do. Uh, and yeah, Camden rocks. And then we're playing at 2000 trees. As a Excellent. Band. Which you seem to enjoy being at. You've been there a lot. I've been there. I think, I think they've been going 13 years and I've been 12 years. I've been, I didn't know it existed the first year. <laughs> I found out about it in the second year and sort of pestered them to put me on. <laughs> uh, and then I've been there. I've played there more or less every time either like on one of the stages or the late night kind of bus yeah. things um apart from last year when i just just went as a punter and i didn't know i didn't take a guitar i turned down everyone when they said do you want to come and play a few songs at our campsite i was like no i'm just gonna have beers <laughs> and i'm gonna watch bands uh uh and that was really fun so yeah we're doing that and yeah. as a full band and we're doing uh, a short run of dates uh in the run-up to that with the furious who are a, a two-piece kind of like feminist uh, rock okay. band, like feminism and riffs it's uh, they're incredible yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah so they've just joined uh, Extra Mile okay I'll give them so, a listen um, so yeah so we, are, we're I doing like them. Bristol London and Manchester with them uh, and then going to 2000 Trees brilliant uh, and then we're just about to uh, yeah tomorrow as we speak uh, we're announcing that we're opening for In Me in uh, September around the UK oh amazing so you'll be coming to you'll be coming to Leeds Yes, yeah. Excellent. We, we talked with them about five years ago and had a great time, and I get on with Dave really well. Uh, yeah. And so he, yeah, he gave me a shout and said, "Do you fancy uh, hanging out again?" So said, yeah, absolutely. So uh, sounds great. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what we're doing. And then, uh, yes, yeah, so we've got our album Confusion Species is out, uh, and I'm working on another non-canon album, which is my mellow uh, emotions. Of, yeah, sort yeah. of indie <laughs> folk kind of album. So uh, I'm hoping to have that out next year. But, uh, Brilliant. Yeah, it's it's lots cool. going on. Yeah, yeah, and then um, 
yeah, then working in a boring office. <laughs> paying the bills, paying the bills. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, yeah, it's great. It means that I get to go out and, and do stuff like this. And, yeah. Um, yeah, playing gigs is like my favorite part of the whole thing. So um, 2000 Trees is always a massive highlight. Um, I'm going to go to Arc Tangent as yeah. well. That's got um, a great lineup this year. It's incredible. It's just, yeah, the the same guy books both of them, um, James yeah. Scarlett, and he's just he's just a genius. And like, he's booked the Wild Hearts this year after about ten years of me bugging. Him. <laughs> like, Come on, you should book them. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he loves them as well. But um, it's just one of those things that's never quite worked out. Or yeah, it's not been the right time or whatever. So this this year with a new album and. Um, I'm just going to lose my mind, I think. Awesome. <laughs> well, have a lovely time. Uh, and yeah, good. great talking to you. Thank yeah, you very you much. And welcome to Yorkshire. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. That was a great chat to have. And although I wasn't able to stick around for the gig, I'm very excited to catch oxygen thief towards the end of the year when they're supporting in me they are coming to yorkshire at the brudenell social club in leeds so i will be there and i'm very excited for that gig do check out these videos on youtube um and any recordings on your preferred streaming service as always as i said i've included some tasty tracks on the when in yorkshire podcast playlist on spotify so give that a go i uh, there's a good chance I'm quite biased on this but I think it's an absolutely awesome um, playlist there's so many great artists on there and it's generally a tricky time for me when I have to choose only like sort of two or two three or four of the tracks for each artist to go on there it's a uh, it's one of the the best first world problems to have I guess just the amount of great music that the people I've spoken to have released. So do check that out. It's awesome. It's a really good starting point for any of the guests. And then you can go on and explore further yourself. Please do let me know what you think of the episode. Please do share it. It's helping very much. We've got loads of great guests coming up as well. And I'm very excited to get those episodes out. But for now, I'll leave you and let you go back to whatever it is that you were doing. Good night. <laughs>